welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me today is James Dillard, the assistant principal at Greer Middle College. Um, so can you can you tell me, James, um, just to start, what what is Greer Middle College High School? Those are a lot of middle college and high school. That's a lot of words put together. Tell me some about your school. Uh, yeah, Greer Middle College Charter High School, uh, home of the Blazers, as we like to say. It's a, it's a lot of words. So uh, we're a public charter high school, grades 9 through 12. And we sit on the satellite campus that Greenville Tech has in, uh, technically in Taylor's, but it's in the Greer area. So, uh, so we're geographically serving um, Greer, Blue Ridge, uh, that east side of Greenville area in grades nine through 12. We don't have a feeder program okay. being a charter school. And uh, if most people aren't familiar with how our uh, public charter school works. Uh, students would apply for our lottery mm-hmm. as eighth graders, and uh, but literally they're just given a number, and the numbers are randomly picked, and uh, as many spaces, as many spots as we have available uh, in that next year's ninth grade class. You know, we fill them up, and uh, the the waiting list is created by that same lottery system. And you know we go nine through twelve. So okay. it, my school's a it's a mastery learning school. It's a problem based learning school. Uh, and being a middle college, some people are more familiar with the phrase early college. Right, right, uh, right. We focus on those three concepts, I guess you could say. Uh, being a middle college, early college, the kids are have a very available opportunity to take dual enrollment classes with Greenville Tech, be on the same campus. They literally just walk across the parking mm. lot, take the dual enrollment classes. We currently pay for the classes, but uh, one of the things that's constantly changing is, uh, or things are always constantly changing. And one of those recently is something to do with the college and the fees they're gonna charge us. So okay. uh, we're having to explore some other options than, than just the kids taking the classes completely for free, but yeah. we're gonna keep that as low as possible. Yeah. Uh, problem-based learning, uh, you know, a lot of folks are familiar with that. We put a lot of emphasis on that from the get-go and we top it off with a, a, a capstone senior project. Every student is required to successfully complete a senior project course their senior year to get a diploma from our school and that really is it's very involved it's a year-long class mm. um we could spend the whole half hour talking about that but yeah. uh it's, it's a really good learning experience for the for the kids so um you know that's that's what we're preparing them for is to be able to take care of those types of things in in the real world yeah yeah, good deal. You you hit on a lot there. Um, take me back to the application. The students apply for a lottery, and so I saw you guys accept about 120 students um, at a time. Do you guys have a pretty big waiting list? We we do. Well, relatively speaking, it's probably average uh, for the state of South Carolina from what I've learned, but we do have a couple hundred uh, students long of a waiting list, and we call it an application but contrary to what a lot of folks think, you do not have to have certain grades or certain test scores to, to get in. 
uh, you fill out what we call an application, but you're yeah. basically just throwing your name in the hat. Yeah. And it's literally a random computer-generated drawing for, for kids to get in. And with our, our charter, keeps us at 450 okay. total right now. And to, to maintain that, we start with a freshman class of what we've actually gone up from <laughs> – a hundred to the past three or four years, we've gone up to the one twenty-five. Mm. Uh, you know, the freshman class is always the biggest class. So. Right, right, and that makes sense. So when you you're attracting a specific type of student that's already from that middle school level interested in coming in and participating in in college courses, um, how are students? prepared when they get to your school are they are they already ready for um the rigor of the classes that you guys have to offer or how do you prepare them for those those college classes and to participate in early college well i think it's about half and half um it's interesting you say that the kids come from middle school wanting to do it's, it's more of the parents mm. uh you know they're they're 13 14 years old um not many of them are the ones saying hey i want to go take gotcha you know, college, you know, or whatever, <laughs> most of the kids uh, would likely stay in their, you know, zone school. Yeah. If they're coming from a traditional public school like Blue Ridge or Greer or a Riverside Middle or something. But we get we get some that that are already in the charter system. We okay. get about 30 percent, actually, of our students are uh, came from homeschool or private school. Hmm. So, you know, they really, they're definitely coming to our school for, for a reason, whether it's to take college classes or not. But that's, I think the personally, I think the biggest draw is the size of our school. We're, okay. you know, relatively small, especially for Greenville County. And, uh, but the, definitely the college would be the number two attraction, I believe for parents. And we, we start in the ninth grade, uh, preparing them for college. We, we have a, a pretty rigorous uh, curriculum being a mastery learning school. We you know that requires the kids to maintain an average of an 80 to receive credit for the mm. class. Wow. And uh, we offer assistance. We have multiple after school, uh, you know, assisted learning labs and, you know, various ways that help the kids, you know, maintain that, that average or, or get their, their skills up to the point where they're uh, at that mastering learning level yeah. and in the classes we the, the teachers really focus on from the get-go talking with some freshmen uh, just this past week that you know the reason we talk about uh, you know this particular thing we're talking you know citing sources being putting so much yeah. emphasis on mm. is because when you know, they might be in a college class the very next year mm -hmm. uh, our kids start taking college classes some of them as early as 10th grade wow so our ninth grade, you know, English teachers and math and uh, all of them are, are, they're literally preparing those kids for the college classes as early as the very next year, so. Okay, yeah, that is that is pretty, that's pretty fast. That's pretty fast. I yeah. know a lot of times with, with early college, um, dual enrollment type stuff, those courses a lot of times take place in um, 11th grade, I have seen some programs that start in ninth grade um, and 10th. So what is the difference between a middle college and an early college, if any? Not the name. Okay, okay. Yeah, sometimes I wish we would have went with early college so people wouldn't get us mixed up with Greer Middle School, so. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, well, and how did you how did you get involved in at Greer Middle or Greer Middle Early College? Um, I'm not saying it right. Greer Middle College Charter High. How did you end yeah. up in that role over there? Uh, personally, it was definitely a, it had to be a God thing. Um, I was in a situation where I had I was taking my uh, chances kind of in the private sector. I had started doing uh, some consulting work and late, late, late in the, in what educators would consider the hiring season, uh, the company I was working for, uh, long story short, pulled the plug on Mm. about a lot of what I was doing. And I go from something that was looking really good and fairly lucrative and still helping people and kids and and that kind of thing, uh, using my skills as an educator, I go from, from doing that to, uh, uh, looking for a job about mid-July. Wow. And as most, edu- yeah, most educators know, it's uh, mid-July, it's not a good time to be looking for a job. <laughs> uh, but so I start, you know, doing the search and come across uh, an opening at GMC. And uh, like I say, the Lord was just looking out for mm-hmm. me. There's just no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. What What is your, so you were, the consulting you were doing before was still in education? Oh, Yes. What what is your reward um, for being in, in education, if, if any? Your reward and success. How do you how do you how do you define that as an educator? Well, the the biggest reward that I get personally uh, are the times when the kids have come in. And it's always afterwards. You know, you, you you teach kids, work with them when they're you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old, and it might be two years into college or when you run into them 10 years later, uh, but when you have that kid tell you, uh, you know, uh, you were the one that helped me do whatever, you know, right. fill in the blank. Right. Uh, I didn't know how to, I taught math uh, prior to going into administration, and I've, I've actually had a pretty good handful of kids tell me, uh, you know, and they're 30 years old when they're telling me this now, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I never knew how to do math until I was in your class, you know, yeah. stuff like that, if, if it wasn't for you, I never would have passed the exit exam. You know, there were people remember the exit exam. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's things like that. You can't put a price on. Uh, did some coaching in my time, and I just I'll never forget uh, coaching wrestling kid. You know, to see kids experience success, and for the per- first person they want to share it with is me. Uh, you know, that's rewarding as well. So yeah. it's, it's it's all about the kid's success, and this. It, sometimes it's hard, but you got to remember. Um, you're only going to hear that probably one percent of the time. Yeah, and you just got to know that the other kids that you've touched are, you know, they're feeling it and thinking it, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe and experiencing it because of because of what we've done as educators. So for sure, and it sounds like you guys have. You said you've got multiple programs for after school with assisted learning labs. Um, tell me some more about those programs and how you are supporting student success at GMC. Okay, well, every teacher has office hours, you know, similar to what, what we all had when we were in college and your professors had office hours. So after school, um, teachers have office hours and, you know, it's not optional. Uh, teachers are required to stay after school for at least an hour, mm-hmm. at least one day a week, and that's not much. But most of our teachers uh, will do that at least twice, if not pretty much, you know, four days a week to help kids. Yeah. Um, we offer what we call a writing, a writing center, uh, three days a week 
with one of our English teachers. It's a peer-led writing center where students who are, are hmm. very successful, real high flyers when it comes to to writing and their skills in writing, um, the teacher organizes and, and runs the, the lab with students helping other students. So students can come in, have a an essay proofread or, or say, here's my draft or here's my outline or just here's what I got to do. And, you know, sometimes they need help getting started. Sometimes they need help getting finished. But that's right. been that's been really positive because a lot of kids struggle with writing and, and a lot of kids, uh, they'd rather get help from another student. So, you know, junior or senior is doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done the same thing with a, a math center, same okay. concept, older high flyer kids helping the uh the, the kids that need needed and with math and that's all run and led by uh, one of our math teachers we do that two days a week right and then every day um we have a retired certified teacher that comes into our learning commons and is just there it's kind of like a media center it's just an area a uh, large open area for with some with some computers where kids can they can just sit and do homework and ask for help if they need it they mm. can you know go for specific help uh, from those teachers and you know that the opportunity is definitely there for them to right to go and get some help so right well that, no that's excuses. yeah that I, I see and it sounds like you guys do a good job at um delineating those roles and, and giving students an opportunity um, to become leaders you know especially in in early college i was doing some research and, and saw that uh key components to early college is one the rigorous academic um, situations, and, and two was being able to build them in autonomy, preparing them to be leaders in in the next step that they're going to take going to college. How how do you guys prepare them to become those peer leaders, or or develop them from the social and emotional standpoint? I, I think our in, in my school specifically, and I, this wasn't pro- probably wasn't part of the structural intent, but. Our student government is a very large mm. uh, and very just led by. They're a very large part of our culture. It's a, it's a very large percentage of uh, 50, 60 or so kids out of out of four hundred and fifty kids are on student government, wow. and they wow. they do a lot. They do, uh, you know, in addition to serving the community and stuff, they do fundraisers. They do fun stuff and dances and. Uh, and they represent us well at the state convention, and our, our student government plays a large role. And I don't that probably wasn't something that's you know part of our curriculum and yeah. how it's intended or our charter. But the other things that that are set up for stuff like that, uh, our students are required to complete 50 hours of community service every year. So for a total of 200 and. Mm. Uh, they can do that in or out of the school. You know, there's some other parameters basically, but you know, if they're helping in their church or something like that, they usually don't have any trouble getting 50 hours. But uh, for some of those kids that that have never looked for that before, you know, it kind of forces them. You know, hey, where can I go help somebody else? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as as most leadership people will tell you that you know, serving others is is a key component to to leadership. And then finally, our senior project, it, 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 how we, that's just in the back of the, the minds of all the teachers, no matter what they're teaching, no matter what grade level, hmm. uh, because the senior project, senior year is very 
comprehensive. It's it's very involved. The student gets to pick their topic, but it has to be approved by our senior project committee. Um, and it's I, I don't want to say it's intense, but it's for a high school senior, it's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't be something that uh, most professionals they would just think it's like you know a, a project on a job, uh, you know. But they're yeah, you know, they're getting paid teenagers. to be on that job, and that's all they're doing. Yeah, so these kids are doing this senior project in addition to taking uh, one or more college classes, maybe some other high school classes, and all mm. this other stuff. So uh, that senior project usually requires the kids, if they complete it successfully, they they've come out with a lot of leadership skill skill sets. Yeah. Uh, what what are what are some of those projects that they participate in? Oh man, we've had a. Uh, we had a student last year who taught, she had to teach herself sign language. So oh, wow. She taught yeah, herself has, sign language. Yeah, there has to be a sharp learning curve, so it can't mm. be something that they've, you know, been like playing the piano. If they've been doing that since they were five, like, a, you know, some folks, yeah. uh, that wouldn't be something that would be approved. But uh, this young lady taught herself sign language, and she had to she had to show proof and research and, and practice, and they had to have, a, they all have to have mentors. And uh, she had to be able to have a conversation by the end of the year with somebody that's fluent in sign language. Uh, we've had hmm. somebody build a 3D printer. This was four or five years ago. So they actually built the 3D printer. I don't even know how they did that. Uh, we, had a student, <laughs> <laughs> we had a student get his pilot's license a Goodness. couple of years ago. That was pretty cool. Uh, we had a student learn how to scuba dive. Hmm. So, and part of his project was um, spring break he went to florida he went to the keys and kind of capped it all off with some some scuba diving but had done some uh had learned how to do it more locally and of course research and they have to show pictures or video that shows proof of what they've done and what some of them build things uh, and that sounds simple but i mean like a, a whole a whole tiny house right you know the, right. Whole, the whole deal with electric and electricity and plumbing the whole nine yards so and for people that are approved to do that uh you know they're not the ones that have worked with their dad on a construction site yeah. since they were 12 these are, would be people that have never done something like that before so mm. and just all kind of other stuff it's mm. um Mm, Those that, are some just come to mind. Well, and that that fits really well with your PBL, that problem based learning model, because it's all about authentic, real world learning. Definitely. Mm. And so, and, and I want so those three so senior project, fifty hours a year of community service, and that student government. That is a huge student government. I was a senator for one semester in college, and that's about how many we had. And our school had twenty thousand students. Uh, wow. How did how how does your student government is how is that so big and what roles do students have in that government? Uh, you know, I don't. It was like that when I got there. <laughs> um, I, I just think the kids like it. I think the the people that run it um, are the type of teachers that you know. It's one of those things where the kids know they care, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, they're just good folks and as well as good educators. And, and I, the, the kids just love it. They they have a good time doing it, and it, I think that the other students see that, so that attracts the students to want to be a part. Mm. Uh, once they get there, um, I, you know, was it structured to be like? I, I don't. 
Nuggets I don't know so, what they did. Yeah. Like I say, it was like that when I got there. I've just been, you know, hey, y'all keep it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. I like that. Um, so what? it sounds like you guys have a, a phenomenal structure at GMC. What obstacles are you facing going forward this year and in the future? What What is the biggest obstacle that you guys are trying to tackle um, to continue expanding on your success? But for us personally, we spent the first uh, nine years that the school existed in 29 portables. Mm. Uh, we've only recently, this is our second year in an actual building. So... Uh, we got us a school building, and that that makes a world of difference. Uh, yeah. It was nice enjoying the great outdoors every once in a while <laughs> and the fresh air and stuff. But, you know, when it's raining or it's cold, or especially if it's cold and raining, uh, we'd rather be inside right. uh, in some hallways. And it's definitely nicer to be in a building than uh, Having as far as classrooms and some radio portable. But uh, And we're still working on that. We, we've completed phase one. Uh, but we still don't have a gym or you know, we're still limited as far as our uh, lunch and cafeteria areas and that kind of thing. So uh, we're about to make break ground within the next, uh, I don't know if I'm really supposed to say, but sometime soon, yeah. a month or two, I, I, I'm hoping is what we're hoping, uh, break ground on phase two, which will be an activity center okay. that'll uh, house more than just a gym, basically. Mm. So that's been a, a big obstacle for us. And obviously, uh, along with that is the funding. Um, yep. With it being a charter school, uh, we don't get near the funding that a traditional public school gets. Yeah. So uh, we have to be you know, very strategic and um, smart. Uh, you know, and I don't want to say it limits things because, you know, we're putting the money where it definitely needs to be so mm -hmm. you know but making sure we've we've got the funds to do what we got to do for the kids is uh it, it would be the is an obstacle and hopefully once we and you know we'll have uh payments you know yeah. once we get the the building built so it's not like the is they're going to get built and the the obstacle of the funding just goes away it's mm -hmm. going to be with us for about 30 years <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I think that's something a lot of folks don't know about charter schools is, is that there is no facilities or um, transportation funds. So are your, are your kids bused to school or do they um, do you have a bus system or are they car riders? No, the only thing we do is we'll, we'll help them. Uh, we help organize carpooling. OK. But other than that, we do not provide any transportation to school. OK. OK. And. Um, I know you've already mentioned from, to me before, but I'm, I'm always interested in student behavior and classroom management. Um, and you guys don't have many of those those problems there. Is there any training or resources, tools that you provide your teachers to be able to support them with their classroom management? Uh, the thing, only thing specifically we do, and, and like you said, and this is from our previous conversation, we're just blessed with uh, with good families and good kids. And in a small school, everybody knows who you are, and they know, yeah. you know teenagers are teenagers, but I guess they know they're not going to get away uh, with much, and or they find out real quick that it's hard to get away with much. So our uh, the main thing I just have to tell our teachers is emphasize contact the parent. Hmm. Our uh, our parent group is, is very good and uh, you know and this goes back 25 years ago when I first started um, that, you know that was always a good first step is to is to you know be willing to make that contact with the parent and so our if our teachers stick with the basics they 
uh, keep an eye on arrangements in the room, problem-based learning activities help uh, mm-hmm. with classroom behavior. Um, but when something, if, you know, when and if something does happen, generally it's, it's handled by, you know, maybe changing the kid's seating or whatever, or, or and or just making contact with the parent. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So, so James, tell me if, if someone's listening to this episode right now and wants to know how to get in contact with you or Greer Middle College to understand more about your student government or community service and senior projects, um, all that you guys do to be successful, how can they get in contact with you or the school to uh, find out more information? Sure, uh, I'm uh, James Dillard, D-I-L-L-A-R-D, just like the department store, uh, just no relation. <laughs> you sure? Um, and I have, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I have uh, I have social media accounts from me personally and uh, professionally as, you know, Mr. Dillard, so you're bound to find one or the other, And um, but our school also has a website, of course, GreerMiddleCollege.org. I don't think I'm very hard to find. You found me. That wasn't too. Yeah, yeah. That, that wasn't very difficult. That's that's true. That's fair. Well, well thank you so much, James. Um, and for our audience that's listening, we're looking to provide educators with challenging, meaningful, and significant conversation um, about education and how to keep students in class. So I thank you so much for listening to the Dash Podcast. If you like it, share it, tell your friends, and don't keep it a secret. We'll see you next time.